Chad here. First off, thank you for clicking on this. This is our first video podcast we did, especially with two mics. Now, for some reason, when I'm editing it, the first half, where we talk about the original Xbox, has an echo when we sort of talk over each other. So, if that annoys you, I'm sorry. Next time, we will we will fix that. But the second topic, where we talk about online gaming, apparently doesn't have the echo. So, I apologize, and next time, it'll sound a lot better. Thanks for watching. Hope you enjoy. What's up, everybody? This is the YB Gamescast. I'm Chad, and today I have my friend Jordan with me. Jordan, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, buddy? I have been thinking about the original Xbox a lot lately. Yeah, good console. Great console. My favorite of the Xbox consoles. What do you think? Definitely. Definitely. Um, I think the easy answer to that's the Xbox 360 because of like the ubiquity of it. Right. But um, there's some real gems on the original Xbox. I agree. What are what are what are your, some of your fond memories? Oh, it's all the games, man. Um. Other than that gigantic Duke controller, like trying to, I mean, we were the right age that like we were still kids. So like trying to wrap your hands around oh, that yeah. was like amazing. It felt like such an adult console. Right. Like, scary. Ooh, this is, well, this is like a new thing. This, this is a giant black box. It's like, it, it's going to eat my GameCube and PS1. Um, Yeah. But no, it's all about the games, man. Like uh, KOTOR, Jade Empire, um, obviously Halo was right. great. Like there's just so many wonderful uh, Xbox exclusives. It was all about the exclusives for me. As well, sure. too. I'm trying to re- recall some like KOTOR was the reason I got it. Yeah. Because I got it and I didn't know anything about it. I just knew Star Wars. And then and then I got it and, yeah. and yeah. it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, now, I've never played Jade Empire. What can you tell so, me so about? So it's Bioware. Um, it's still Bioware. Um, it's just instead of doing KOTOR or like they did a lot of um, like similar Western RPGs before that, um, Jade Empire is a completely original IP. Okay. So it's um, ancient China, which is a really underexplored yes. area. You see some like samurai or like Dynasty Warrior kind of games in Japan, right? But there aren't a lot of like ancient China games, and uh, and that's awesome. Like it's a great setting. You should really look it up sometime. I should playing. Um, it's just like um, another Bioware RPG, okay. In the vein of like Dragon Age or uh, something like that, but in in that era. So it's all martial arts based too. There's some magic, but it's very um, it's really cool. Now, what are some of your favorite uh, Xbox? original exclusives so like i said i love halo um i never got into gears and stuff later so like the original halo and halo 2 are like the perfect combination they're pretty special Um, there were some there were some bad xbox exclusives too we can get into those like blinks but um i think even the the console exclusives were great like i had loved rpgs on the ps1 but the thing that really did it for me um getting me into Western RPGs was the Elder Scrolls uh, moral. Mm-hmm. That was like a huge moment. Yeah. And that was a very like PC style game. It needed the hard drive on the Xbox to run. It was just a really awesome experience. Um, the Xbox was a, uh, for the time, a very powerful console. Yeah. That was the first, um, that was the first Elder Scrolls game to ever make an appearance on consoles. Correct? Absolutely. And it was honestly the breakout Elder Scrolls game. Um, the ones in the nineties were not, like up to snuff. They were like not special. They were cool. They were expansive. They're actually bigger than any Elder Scrolls game to date, but a lot of it was randomly generated. Um, Morrowind was like a really deliberate world. Yeah. The entire game world was crafted. Um, it was great, super open, and it really barely resembles like Skyrim or modern Elder Scrolls games. And it came to the Xbox as a console exclusive. Right. Um, PS2 and the GameCube could not handle it, and uh, it was just a really excellent game. Um, that was the first open wor- 3D open world game I ever remember seeing before yeah. and I was I, I was over at my friend's house and I just said so like wait you can you can do anything he's like yeah you can you can steal everything right he's you like can kill anyone he's like yeah you could do the main quest but like you can honestly just do anything you want and I was just like 
Whoa. And then after that, I played Grand Theft Auto 3, and that was like, oh, yeah. it was around the same time that I, those were the first uh, 3D open world games I've ever, you know, played before. Well, and it was interesting because a lot of the games that were huge hits on the PS2 did come to the Xbox if they weren't day and date. So nowadays, you know, GTA 3 and Vice City were like the console exclusives for the PS2 at the time. Um, the GameCube obviously never got them because of licensing and Nintendo. Right. Um, but... They did come to the Xbox, and they were definitive versions. They had custom soundtracks. The graphics were much, much better. And in some cases, they actually ran better. So, like, the, the Xbox version of G the GTA 3 is one of my favorite games of all time. Of course. So, I played the PS2 version. It was, like, the moment where I knew video games were going to be, like, a lifelong passion for me. They had grown up a little bit. And whenever I played it on the Xbox, I was amazed, like, the when the cars took damage, like, they looked so much better. They had reflections. Yeah. I mean, it sounded better. Right. It ran at a higher resolution. Like, it was just a much better version of that game. Um, something else I remember us talking about the other day, it was um, uh, the, the port or um, the remake of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2X. Yeah, yeah. That was a launch title. It was a launch title. And it, well, it's kind of funny because the Xbox was really, people forget this now because it's, like I said before, so ubiquitous with gaming. Um, Xbox was the dark horse. Like, Nintendo was still, like, the king for years. Um, and the N64 had a slump in sales, but it was still a huge seller. It was. Um, and then Microsoft came out of nowhere with a brand new console. I mean, it wasn't like now where we have the, the big three, you know. Um, Sega had, like, crashed and burned with the Dreamcast, and it was an uncertain, like, place yeah. for the Xbox to come out in. And so the GameCube and the PS2 and even the Dreamcast got Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, like, three. Um, I think it came out on Dreamcast. Anyway, GameCube and PS2 got three. Um, Xbox got Pro Skater 2, which was weird. Um, looks like it was super old, um, but it was an awesome port. Like, a lot of people feel like I, I'm one of those people that Pro Skater 2 was the best in the series. I agree. That was my favorite. I mean, three has the revert, which kind of connects everything together, but um, two has, like, the best levels, the best music, I think. It was just really awesome. It did everything that the sequel should be. It takes what the yeah, original does and it, build, sequel. And, it, and it builds off uh, that. Absolutely perfect sequel, and that's the best thing about it. And it came with all the levels from Tony Hawk 2, a couple of original levels, and most of the levels from Tony Hawk 1 all on that disc. So it was, like, the greatest hits. It was. Do you think that's the definitive version of the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2? It runs differently. The engine's a little different, so I think it's the best version of the the game but if you're like a super purist like the ps2 the one version is still like a little bit or the game or the dreamcast version is still a little bit more um like true to the physics um but if you're willing to wrap your head around slightly different physics it runs way better on the xbox the draw distance is there like that's right. the thing it, like the ps1 you had to learn lines because you couldn't see far enough to like make the jump yeah. for some of those gaps so the xbox version is definitely the, the definitive version i think not just of pro skater 2 but like the Pro Skater series in general, I think, a lot of times played best on Xbox. Right, right. Did you play any um, non-exclusive games that you remember fondly on the original yeah, Xbox? Yeah, so for example, um, most online games were best on Xbox because of Xbox Live. Correct. I played Battlefront 2. Yeah, Battlefront and Battlefront 2 were definitive on the Xbox. You could play them on the PS2 and they were fine, um, but they ran better and they looked amazing and the online was so much more uh, well put together. Now, I'm not um, schematics uh, power... Like power. I don't know much about like the power of each console, the GameCube power, the PS2 power, or the Xbox. Um, which is the most powerful yeah. out of that generation? It was the Xbox. The Xbox is by a wide margin the most powerful. Um, it was using traditional PC architecture, which Microsoft has continued to do for years. So that made it really easy to develop for, and that's why you see games like Kotor. Um, Knights of the Old Republic, the Star Wars game by Bioware, um, come to the Xbox because it was so easy to port over. So the GameCube was actually on par with the Xbox in a lot of ways graphically. I mean, it didn't have the processing power um, that the Xbox did, but the GPU was just as good. But the disc size was so much smaller. Those little mini discs yeah. were made to prevent piracy. They, were. they only held like 
I think it's 1.5 gigabytes, whereas you can hold more than four gigabytes on a full-size dual-layer. But the GameCube was a beefy console, yeah, in my opinion. Don't, people don't realize that if you look at, I mean, even a launch title like Rogue Squadron uh, 2 yes. looks outstanding so still. Good. If you upscale that with like an emulator, it looks like a like a XBLA game or something. It's fantastic. And, and the sequel, the third one, is great as well. But you're right, as a launch title for the GameCube, that was a fantastic, like... Um, graphical showpiece you know or the lighting and something like luigi's man right it just looks amazing and the xbox had games like i mean the xbox port of half-life 2 for the original xbox right. looks right. like it's pc counterparts it does uh, the chronicles of riddick actually i forget what the name of that game uh, is never excellent escape your, from butcher bay. butcher bay excellent game and graphically very impressive really? it even got doom 3 which was like a a huge it did the original xbox got doom 3 ported huh. to it which was a huge pc like showcase game at the time right so it just had the power to run games like that the other consoles didn't um, the PS2 is far, far behind both of the other consoles in terms of like power. You can notice that in games like San Andreas, which were designed for the PS2, mm -hmm. and like expansive, awesome game, like kind of looks like muddy crap. I played Grand Theft Auto San Andreas on the Xbox. Much, much better game. Like clearer, the draw distance is better. Um, it just looks better. But the PS2 was so much more popular that a lot of the time people like multiple, multi-platform games just kind of pitched to the PS2 standards mm -hmm. and the GameCube and the Xbox were an afterthought a lot of the time because the PS2 crushed it. And yeah, the PS2 just sold so well. Um, the, the Now, the sales-wise, PS2 obviously on top, but for the others, uh, which sold more, the Xbox yeah, the or Xbox the GameCube? The Xbox outsold the GameCube. I don't know the exact numbers. I want to say that they're both in like the 20 millions. Um, I could be wrong on that. I know the PS2 is like almost 100 million. It's the best-selling console of all time. Yeah, yeah. easily. Um, well, home console i think the ds pulls ahead from yeah but it's still like it's it's a huge difference and that's really the last time since the nes we've had that kind of like dominance in the console race and right. the reason for that is obvious like the ps2 played dvds yeah it was and the, the ps2 thing. was easily the cheapest dvd player and the best one you could get at the time. you're right um the xbox played dvds and ripped cds and did a lot of other things it was actually like it did everything the ps2 could do and more but it was a little ahead of its time i think the gta san andreas uh the only GTA game I really liked, but I have really fond memories of um, whenever I was playing that, I was really into Def Leppard and with the White Stripes. I don't know why those two things, but those are like the only two yeah. CDs I listened to, and I put those on my soundtrack and while I was driving around. And it mixes them with the commercials, which was really awesome. It was fantastic. Like San Andreas would mix in um, your tracks with like their radio commercials, which was really cool. See, at the time, I had all three of that generation consoles. I was very fortunate enough to have that. Yeah. Um, so whenever I went to pick out a game, I, I picked up Battlefront 2 on the Xbox because I was like, oh, I don't have many games for the Xbox, right. so I'll pick, I'll pick it up there, and I didn't. It turned out to be the definitive edition. Oh, I, easily, yeah. I mean, people will argue that the PC version's better, but, I mean, we're not PC guys. Yeah, we're yeah, like, we're console guys. Tweaking and messing with it that goes on with that, and, like, I think that the feeling of having the control on your hands for that was, was really great. And the split screen was great for Battlefront as well. Fantastic, yes. Um, I also think that some of the early, like, Xbox racing games were really good, like Project Gotham racing and stuff. Mm -hmm. Those were really great. Um, and, like, some of, like I said, there's just so many early exclusives, like Crimson Skies. Have you heard of that? I've heard of it, but I never played it's, it. It's fantastic. It's like a alternate history America where, like, all the states are, like, different, and it's been overrun by, like, air pirates, and they just fly a bunch of, like, biplanes. It's, like, a super mature, like, dark story, and you just wouldn't get that kind of thing these right. days. Totally brand new franchise developed for a new console, Microsoft exclusive, mm -hmm. Xbox Live compatible, um, awesome dogfighting game. If you're into, like, Rogue Squadron or something, it's worth it's worth looking up. So, Do you think uh, the Xbox 360 exclusive-wise... Uh, was superior to the original Xbox, or do you think the original Xbox had more to offer in exclusives? 
I think probably the 360. Um, XBLA really made a huge difference, like the availability. Didn't of Xbox think about Live. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that I think is the definitive thing for me. You know, like for me, indie games and downloadable games are like my bread and butter. Right. So like when Summer of Arcade happened on the 360, this is like 2010. Um, that's the moment where like I started to write about games more, and it really mattered to me. You know, games like Limbo and Braid and Super Meat Boy came out, and that's when I think the 360 hit its stride. Like those consoles lasted so long. Right. Um. Early on when the 360 came out, I didn't see a reason to buy an HDTV or buy a 360. I mean, looking at, like, early 360 games, they were, like, upscaled PS2 and Xbox. Yeah, they weren't anything special. And I think it took a while. I think even, like, Dead Rising, um, people like that fondly now. It, I don't think it was an excellent game. I think it's flawed. It's not my thing. Not technically great. Sure. Um, early 360 games were like that. I think for a lot of people it was Halo 3 that made them, like, want to buy a 360. Sure. For me, it was Grand Theft Auto 4. For me, it was Gears of War. Yeah, and that's understandable. People loved Gears. I thought Gears looked like muddy and kind of... Oh, it does. I think that's its style, though. I think that's what's going for it. Yeah, and, super and that kind of ushered in that generation, too. Like, everybody in that generation was, like, bald, gruff, anti-heroes with big guns. It was, yeah. You're right. Like, the biggest um, the biggest type of genre for that system, for that console generation was the... The bro big, shooter, The right? bro shooter and yeah. also the military first-person shooter yeah. that we saw a lot. Those yeah. that, that was the big defining thing. But I just... Um, I saw that, that infamous commercial, the Gears of War commercial. Do you remember that, that, mm-hmm. that slow-moving commercial? That was an excellent commercial. So Along with the Dead Island trailer, I feel like those were some of the most misleading tonally commercials ever. You're right. Uh, more the Dead Island. More the Dead Island one, that yeah. That Dead Island trailer, fantastic. I Game, cried. Don't like it whatsoever. <laughs> but the Gears of War, I, it kind of holds the same yeah, tone. Yeah, it still has the same war tone. It just, I when you turn it on, you get like a gruffer, rougher like thing. I thought You're it was right. more of like a melancholy kind of that's not what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's more. The Gears I, is an excellent game. I, I love. It. I know you're not too big into the into the Gears games, but I am a, I'm a huge Gears fan. I'm a very huge Gears fan, and um, all all I just heard was uh, I saw the trailer, and then I just heard some hearsay like it's super gory, you know, super bloody. I never really had a game like that at the time, so whenever oh, I got yeah. my hands on it, I was like, yes. But exclusive wise, you think Xbox um, 360 was I think, superior? I think the 360 was probably superior just in quantity, but like. The thing to remember is we got like the military shooter and the bro shooter and these like cookie cutter kind of games with that generation, with the eighth generation that we don't see. um, Seventh generation. Seventh generation. Um, Because with the original Xbox, like it was still like bridging that gap between like N64 PS1 era and like modern gaming. And so you had such a wide variety. You had PC games like KOTOR or Jade Empire. Um, And then you also had games like Halo that were starting to influence, you know, modern shooters. But like we hadn't gotten into that like bro shooter call of duty kind of like machine that we have right. now so the 360 has a lot of games that are very same-ish you know you got gta 4 which is this huge game and gta 5 i guess if you think about how long that generation right was. um but you also got a bunch of saints row games and just cause and like there's a lot of sameness to it i think as far as originality goes um the original xbox is like a really cool curiosity because there's just a wide variety of genres now i would like to say that the xbox 360 lasted about eight years extremely long yeah for at least three years longer than an average console life correct and um i think that the xbox the original xbox lasted around 3 to 4 years extremely short lifespan for a console 2002 to 2005 yeah. i believe i mean it may have launched in 2001 like late 2001 but it didn't hit its stride till 2002 so you really only got like 3 solid years of xbox games 
And it's worth noting, um, Microsoft was like full on Nintendo style when it came to the 360. They launched that and then just were done with Xbox exclusives. Yep. yep. They did. They dropped support completely. The first Xbox 360 got on the shelf and then died promptly after, thanks to Red Ring of Death. And like, <laughs> if, if you traded in your original Xbox for it, like you were done because they, were, they just didn't have anything. Yep. There. Yeah. Though they did continue with backwards compatibility, that was cool. That's been a part of Microsoft's strategy since the beginning. It's it was the it was the best thing that they could have done at E3 2016, which oh, was last year. I think they totally crushed it. But there's nothing they can do as of right now. They've already they've lost, lost the race, and they've lost. The they, race. They've lost the and race. They know that, and I think Scorpio is an eye toward the future. I think it's interesting because they did with Xbox One. I mean, they did a lot of Windows things, and they've backed away from it. But the last few years for Xbox One have been very similar to what the original Xbox tried to go through. You know, a lot of heart put into these very specific exclusives um, because they're just not winning the race as far as like mindshare goes. And it's been cool to see them up against the ropes again because when they came out with Xbox 360, like as much as we both love PS3 and we're like PlayStation guys mm-hmm. through and through, like they had that stuff figured out with the ecosystem. Xbox Live was great. Um, the controller was good. Um, everything about the Xbox 360 at the time felt like the future and really laid the foundation for what we play now. And I think that like that's where they're hoping to position themselves with the Scorpio as much as the Xbox one felt like them making the Xbox, the original Xbox again, mm-hmm. you can't call it an Xbox one, you know, cause the nomenclature. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, the reason they had the name Xbox one is, um, if you, if you remember, obviously, uh, they had the, the infamous press conference where they totally got screwed over by like oh, everyone yeah. where they were just like, Hey, you know, this is going to be your one entertainment section. That's where the Xbox one name comes yeah, from. Yeah. And it's, it's a effective name, I think. Um, but it just makes, what's the next one called? You know, we call right. it Scorpio for, you know, code name reasons, but is it going to be the new Xbox One? You know, you just kind of call it the Xbox, or? which I think is fine um, if they're going to go for that Apple kind of thing. But it's just, I think that it's going to be interesting to see them really pull out all the stops with this one. Phil Spencer, he is very adamant about how the next console generation is going to be going. Is that there won't be a console generation? It's going to be similar to PCs and how they keep upgrading. How do you feel about that? Well, I think for me that's great. So for the PlayStation Four, which has been like my definitive console this generation. Me too. Um, I buy everything digitally anyway. Right. And I buy a new console whenever that suits me. Like I will trade, like I have no attachment to my PS4 hardware. Sure. I will trade it for the coolest looking one, or the <laughs> new one or the pro or whatever. Right. So because my entire library is digital, it's not hard for me to transfer that data. So for me, it's like if, you know, I've had four or five PS4s over the course of like its lifespan because I just trade up, you know, I had the destiny one for a while. I had the uncharted you one did. for a while. I like it and it doesn't hurt my, like, it's not difficult to move my stuff around. I'm not moving discs. I'm not installing. Sure. They all just download and I'm good to go. So for me, if the next one I buy just happens to be more powerful, happens to have better frame rate or whatever, I'm cool with that. So if it's an iterative console thing, it makes sense for me as a consumer. I'm sure there's people out there that it's, you know, it bothers because they feel like they're never going to have the latest and the greatest. But I mean, it's the same way with iPhones or something. Yeah. Um, you know, I agree. I've got an iPhone seven because I want to have an iPhone seven and I'll probably buy an iPhone eight because I'm going to do that. Yeah. So, you know, and there are people who are still rocking a four S and it works just fine. So it just depends. I don't know how it would work just fine. That thing's pretty obsolete. I, I don't know. I've seen them. They, they use them. So, you know, I was, I was a tech manager for a while. Yep. Uh, so I saw the people trying to rock their like, iPhone 3 GSs and uh, they still make calls. I mean, you can still play, you can play Metal Gear Solid Five on your launch PS3. It's probably going to catch on fire, but yeah, you can do yeah. it. I mean, it's it's not the definitive way to play it, but you can do that. So, so the original Xbox, one of your favorite systems? I don't know if I'd go that far. It doesn't have 
the depth in its library, but it definitely has an original factor. I, I, re- I remember it very fondly. I remember the original Xbox and the GameCube better than the PS2 for that generation because they were just so distinctive and so different. I feel like that was the last time we had three really different consoles. felt new. Yeah, it felt new, and it felt like, I mean, and that was for us like a coming-of-age time. Games were maturing from cartoony to more mature, and but there was still a sense of playfulness, and so... Yeah, I think I could probably put the original Xbox in, like, if not my top five, at least my top ten. I feel the same way. Original Xbox in both our top tens. And that's the that's the word on it. So, Chad. Yeah. We're friends. We are. I'd say we're friends. I don't we see are. you enough. But, but how did we become friends? Video games. Yes. Yeah. We became friends through mutual friends because of video games. Exactly. And actually, if you dig deep enough, I became friends with that friend because of video games. Because of video games. So, yeah. Um... I guess it's a good place to start. Um, I met our friend Michael, who's been on the previous episodes, mm-hmm. um, because we sat in class together in school and talked about Grand Theft Auto. Um, San Andreas hadn't come out yet. We were really excited about it, and we shared a bunch of information we pulled off of like really bad GTA fan sites. <laughs> and that's how we bonded. And, I mean, we played the game together, and we played other games together, and that's really been like the crux of our friendship. I mean, we've had ups and downs since then, but like we always come back to talking about those kind of things. And you guys met because of games, too. We did. We did. I um, I walked into GameStop. We ended up just chatting once, and we realized we had the exact same taste at the time. We were just like, oh, my gosh. You know, we have the exact same taste. And then uh, we all went out to Cracker Barrel one yeah. day. You thought I was a fake person. I did. I did. It just Chad Flowers sounds made up like, it, he's you like were hey. born with a stage name like i'm so jealous i was yes it was it's it's quite amazing it's like oh this chad flowers guy wants to like take us out to cracker barrel and you know take us to a movie you thought i was gonna murder you i was fairly certain you were a serial killer that's fair if i was in your position i would have thought the I exact same thing still went to cracker barrel so i don't you know did. what that says about me you got from a free like a safety meal perspective i did and a free movie ticket i think so we yeah. saw as above so below excellent movie like Great i still watch movie. that all the time it's really good i need to pick that up on blu-ray yeah. but we met through our friend michael because yeah. i talked to him about games and uh we are still friends today we've been friends for about three years very good friends unfortunately we can't hang out as much but yeah, that's we're life busy. yeah we've got waning interests and they you know they come and go i mean you and i connect a lot more on music uh, we do than, than michael um we played so in we, a band together yeah we played in a band together for a while and we've done you know we support each other's creative projects and stuff but absolutely we all still come together collectively because of our you know interest in video games right so, and it's more than just the games themselves it's actually the industry and the medium um i know i get busy and i fall out of playing regularly but i still follow the news and we still have things to talk about. i love following the news mm-hmm. and and just staying up to date and stuff like that have you met any friends that you still have today that that you met online maybe or other than michael like in class that that you guys shared similar views on video games yeah i've had several friends um a lot of times it has to do with like with indie games for me like if i meet somebody who is on my friends list um i played a lot of so for me the social moment with gaming came with the ps4 and destiny so i played a lot of like red dead redemption online and stuff in the ps3 era Mm -hmm. i met some people but they were mostly just like people i'd posse up with and play red dead with um they didn't really extend past that Uh um and even then i was kind of uncomfortable with online gaming but i got into it with destiny i made regular friends that i knew whether in real life or in the game that i'd regularly play with um and seeing them play things on you know my friends list that looked interesting to me you know stuff like uh now it would be like abzu or whatever but at the time it would have been um you know, early PS4 exclusives like a Resogun or something. I'm talking about those kind of things. I made some real actual friends. Um, I haven't like 
met up with any of my online friends in real life. Um, but my brother does that. Like he's 17 and he's grown up with online gaming and he has friends that like he knows live around here and they'll like meet up and hang out because they became friends playing like GTA five or something. That's awesome. I also met a really good friend that I haven't talked to in a while through playing destiny because mm-hmm. I haven't been playing destiny right. quite a bit uh, since I doubled down on my YouTube stuff yeah. and a full-time job and you know a girlfriend and then life catches up to you i i really sunk into destiny a long time ago because i had a lot of time but now i don't have a lot of time but i can't meet up with him because he's in california but we were like really tight every day playing i and i really value that that friendship maybe i need to get back on destiny and start playing again hey destiny 2 is coming man i am so excited we've got so we missed each other we missed the craze so like i now i've been playing lately because you know i just had my girlfriend move in i've gotten a like i'm a I've changed jobs a couple of times. You I'm have like super high up at a certain retailer that has a bullseye logo. I'm an HR director now. So like, it's a big thing. Um, but I haven't been playing much and I'm excited for the fall when I'm going to have a chance to like get settled in and do that kind of thing. Uh, but I was really in the destiny and then you were early in the destiny and we kind of missed each other. We did With destiny too. We've got to go all in. I'm really excited. About Same it. day. We're yeah, making day plans. Day, it's going to happen. Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and that's, that's the great thing. Um, with online gaming now is it's such a social platform um, to see what your friends are playing and see what they're doing. It's, it's really a nice way to, you know, to talk about that kind of thing. And that's another thing I, um, I've really been able to like acclimate to new workplaces a lot because of people who play games. So it's nice to be able to have those conversations and it's not like a niche hobby anymore. Gaming is so big that you can really like expand your horizons. It really is. It's like, it's, it's become mainstream. It's, I don't like the, the term gamer because really any anyone oh, yeah. anymore is a gamer is a gamer you ask you ask someone like are you um you know do you do you play are you a gamer and they're just like no no but do you play any video games oh yeah i play this 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 that yeah you know it's every everyone's a game everyone's well, that's a gamer like my really mom nowadays. plays candy crush um and she like you know likes it and that's super casual but when mario run came out she played that and loved it you know yeah. i was really into it and like was more hardcore into it than i would have expected um, or like, I didn't know my girlfriend played games for the longest time. She loves Overwatch. She loves Resident Evil. Like she's super into these kind of things that like you would traditionally consider to be like fairly hardcore games. Yeah. Um, and you know, she's into nerd culture and everything in general. I would say that is a very hardcore Yeah, and it's genre. like you would expect, you know, I mean, whether it's cultural stereotypes or whatever for them to like more casual things, but like, no, we were having like deep conversations on Resident Evil 7. You know, it's an, it's interesting, it's interesting how ubiquitous that is in culture now. And even if you're not like gamer not gamer like it's such a part of the zeitgeist that like everybody knows video games it's a normal thing yeah. it's you have a box in your room you have a box under your tv it's a it's a playstation 4 it's an xbox one yeah. it's gonna be a nintendo switch it's it's something Absolutely. it's it's um it's very common thing now i couldn't sure. believe you guys worked at gamestop so you saw like the gaming side of it i'm fairly new uh with my job but obviously there's a huge video game department there and even though i'm not directly involved it's nice to see like the launches and everything mm-hmm. when mario kart uh deluxe came out recently it was crazy the amount of people who were so excited about it i mean we had like racks of bananas that were from the market area we rolled down to uh put next to the mario kart display to be like playful um they had wraps that went on our carts that had like mario kart logos on them it was a huge launch that's awesome i never would have expected to be interested in it first of all knew what mario kart was i'm talking like 40 year old like housewives and like old men and 
not only did they know what it was, they were buying it and playing it with their family. And people who I didn't know played video games were like, hey, do you want to play Mario Kart? I'm getting Mario Kart. I'm getting a Switch. Like, it was huge. So it's just such a different thing than it was when we were kids. I mean, it's like, it's not some, like, nerd hobby you bond on. It's like this big conversation. It's a, it's a thing, you know. I, I've been playing Mario Kart 8 Deluxe almost every night. It's fantastic. It's perfect on the Switch. I, I was waiting until Mario Kart came out to get a Switch. I'm going to give it one more game. Because I know I want Zelda, Zelda and Mario Kart, but I'm waiting for one more huge game. Hmm. I don't know what that's going to be. Arms, Splatoon 2. Um, one of those two probably, depends. Hmm. Um, I'm interested in Arms. I mean, if nothing else, I'll buy it by the time Odyssey comes out. Um, oh, Odyssey Because is... it's going to be fantastic, oh, but it's I just want to let the library have time to build out a little bit, and I want to see what the virtual console plan is first, because the idea of Me playing too. a Nintendo console without virtual console is kind of, like, upsetting. You know, every night I play my Switch in bed, and I just think... I can't wait to be playing Super Mario Sunshine on this. Exactly. It's that's such a gorgeous first, screen. That's the first thing I think. Is it the first thing I think? I play my Switch more than I play my PlayStation 4. It's just, I brought, the second day I had my Switch, I brought it over to my cousin's. Uh, she was having a birthday, and I brought, I was like, hey, do you want to play my Switch? She's like, what's that? I was like, I brought Mario Kart. And we popped the two things over, and we and we played together, and it was awesome. I totally, I was in the commercial. It yeah. was fantastic. And, you know, I think that makes a good transition point because I feel like social gaming, we thought in the Xbox and PS3 era, like the 360 and PS3 era, was all about online gaming. And when they launched the PS4 and Xbox One, that's what we saw, these share features, these, you know, pick up the controller and share play or know what your friends are playing or trade games back and forth. And it was just a very, like, online-centric thing. And we thought we'd lost split screen and we'd lost co-op and we'd lost these conversations. Um, and they've perfected the online infrastructure. They have. Consoles. I, mean, I agree. Either console, it's super easy to jump in and out. Um, but with the Switch, I think you really see, like, what we love about being gamers and, like, playing games and talking about it with people embodied in a really playful console. And I think it's really exciting to have, you know, multiplayer immediately available. The portability, they're ready to go. It's, like, everything that's great about talking about games and, and loving games with other people is, like, on display with that console. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you think nowadays, like you said, your brother who's 17, yeah. a friend of mine, you know, obviously, he's done the podcast with us before. He He's grown up with online oh, yeah. gaming. So he's met people through just playing matches that are from around here, and yeah. he's close friends with them. Yeah, yeah, he's met him. Like, he'll go to, like, I remember the first time I was kind of freaked out because I think he was, like, 15 or so, and he went to some kind of, like, fair or something, and his he had gotten off GTA that morning, and he was like, yeah, I'm going to the fair tonight, got to get ready. And he was like, oh. Oh, that's not too far from where I live. Like, hey, do you want to hang out? And he said, sure. And they were both like within a couple years of each other. They met up, just like chilled out, like ate corn dogs and talked about video games and stuff. And freaks me out from like, you know, <laughs> I'm 24. So like, that's still kind of like stranger danger territory for me. But like, he was totally cool and had a great time. And he has some real lasting friendships from that. See, that's awesome. I've only made one really good friendship from just playing online and meeting someone through doing a raid, and it was that that guy um, from California. Have you ever have you ever still had someone that you played with that you met online that that you knew that was around here that you that you hang out with? Obviously, like we talked about before, we're we're super busy. Like friends like us, we yeah, can't. So even I've hang had out. I've had work friends that were just like super casual relationships that I then played games with that like turned into like real friendships. So okay. that's the closest. I've never met anybody and then like wound up hanging out with them. Like I said, it's just not yeah. the way we work really. But I've had people that like I met at work. Um, they were like, "Oh, you play PS4? Like add me." And then like 
down the road where it's four in the morning. We've been playing for like five hours on destiny and we're like way closer than we would have been. So yeah. I've had those things emerge and it's really cool to be able to like connect with people on that level. So it's just, it's going to be a thing now, you know? Yeah. Um, it's a thing going forward. Oh, for sure. Especially that I think creating friendships and online gaming started with world of Warcraft and how whenever, whenever or at least became publicly like, displayed like that was a right. big thing yeah like you you always saw headlines like these these people met on world of warcraft and got married you know because yeah and it, like yeah. before world of warcraft there were there were like whether it was eve online or like neverwinter nights or not eve online uh, everquest online everquest or uh, like neverwinter nights there were these online games and there were like these guilds for them but they were super niche like yeah world of warcraft was so popular that people were getting married like, yeah for meeting on that game yeah or when we were kids, RuneScape was absolutely huge. I love RuneScape. Everybody remembers it. We never talk about it, but like we all remember it so fondly. I remember it so well. Like it's in the back. Like it's. I remember specific quests, and I know exactly what to do. I could do some of those quests yeah. blindfolded. Oh yeah, I could. I could lay out the quest trees for those. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, RuneScape was ginormous. It was huge, and it was huge overseas. And there were games. I mean, like. Even games that were not our kind of games, like whether it's Maple Story or like Club Penguin, that were just love Maple Story, absolutely huge. Um, and really important, I think, like they're important social factors for our generation. Like, I mean, we're still old enough to vaguely remember like MSN chats with people and stuff like that. You know, before it was all about like social networks. Yeah. Um, and people just a little bit younger than us, like, did a lot of that that we did on like MSN or on AOL Messenger. They did it on. Maple story. They did it on RuneScape or they yeah. did it on, you know, whatever their, their game of choice was. And there was a lot of socialization that happened um, there. So it's an important factor. I mean, my brother did it on GTA, uh, which right. probably a little young for at the time, but <laughs> it all worked out. You know, he, he learned a lot about that, you know, from those kind of things. So it's crazy how video games have permeated the culture so much that they're like an important part of growing up now. They are, they are, especially the younger audiences. It was so weird. I was playing destiny with my friend Zach the other night, not the other night. I was, uh, my friend from California yeah. that I met, and it was it was so crazy to hear uh, this one kid say, "Are you seeing that Assassin's Creed movie?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm actually pretty excited for. It. I like the Assassin's Creed games. You don't, but I'm a huge yeah. fan." And he's like, "I hope they don't ruin my childhood." And I was like, Oof. "I was like childhood, what?" And he's like, "Yeah, man, I gr I grew up playing those games." I was like, "Hey, man, how old are you?" And he's just like. He's like 16. I don't remember Which what he said. Which is old enough to be like playing a game, having a conversation, like gaming with somebody. But you don't think about, man, the 16-year-old's like a lot younger than us. Like, yeah. that's a whole another, that's, like, like, that's a generation and a half behind. I was like, whoa. I Like the things from my, I would say childhood are N64 PS1. Like that's that's what I yeah. first remember. Sure. I'm sure I played tons of tons of games before then, but what I really remember in my head that's ingrained, um, that's <clears throat> ingrained in my brain is is the N64 PS1. So whenever I talk about that, but to hear someone just speak so fondly, that was their N64 and their PS1. Oh yeah, the Xbox 360. That was a generation ago. Yeah. I'm talking about three generations ago. That well, I we're talking about generations. Of course, we mean video game generations. Video games. No, I'm not talking like 20 or people generations. Like I feel like I do that a lot in conversation with people. I'll be like, that was a whole generation ago, and they're like. The Xbox wasn't 20 years ago. I mean, you don't understand. <laughs> oh, no, we have a different don't. vernacular. <laughs> no, but it's it's crazy because like that's for me. I like I remember the first 3D game I ever saw, and I remember it being like it looked like crap. Like it was Battle Arena Toshiden, and it didn't look good. Um, it looked blocky and weird, and like a lot of those early PS1 games, the textures looked bad. You know, like Siphon Filter. Like I remember it now pretty fondly, but like it looked <clears> like <throat> crap. 
I played that last month on an emulator. I was like, this does not hold up. No, whatsoever. controls are completely unplayable. Looks Awful. like garbage. And like, it was cool at the time. And that's why, like, I was so passionate about Super Nintendo games or about 2D PS1 games like Final yeah. Fantasy VI because they looked so good. You know, the art was great. It felt good. They were, like, solid. People were still figuring out 3D games. So, like, I remember the first time I saw Polygons, and these kids don't remember a time before Xbox Live, you know? Right. So it's crazy. That's so different. Like, I don't care to play, you know, retro games because they look like games that I remember really fondly. So it's really strange to be on that line between, like, the beginning of 3D gaming, but... I also think that's where we're going to be with, like, VR, too. I mean, kids with Snapchat filters are not going to think it's that weird to put on a VR headset because it's still augmented versus virtual reality. Yeah, Whereas for us, it's like, this is the future. For them, it's like, well, I've been... The kids now who are five years old looking at Snapchat filters and they're putting on their parents' gear VRs yeah. are going to be, like, fine with online, with uh, VR gaming. Wait, how did you play games if they didn't have online. It's yeah. like, yeah, that was just like a thing. I don't play games that are online really anymore. Yeah. No, that's, that's really not my, not my thing. And the only, the only games you and I both really, the only games we play online are games that haven't integrated like yeah. destiny. destiny. Or like, like I really like playing like the rock band games online because it's integrated into the system with leaderboards mm-hmm. and multiplayer. But we I do don't the same like, with guitar hero live. We don't often buy a game to play it online. I did with battlefield one. I was really happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just loved the concept so much. I wanted to play more after the campaign was over. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, we, we don't really do that. And a lot of people, that's like why they play a game. And I guess that's just the way, I mean, we're, we're right now, obviously early twenties to mid twenties. So we're still super young, but it's just still, I so crazy to hear, hear that kid. It just blew me away. He's like, I also think whenever I was younger, I played a, a crash. I was like, that's one of the first 3d games I remember. And I'm glad you brought that up. What's that battle arena? Battle what? Arena Toshiden. It was Toshiden. a launch title for the PS1. Okay. See, I don't even remember that. It, it's not memorable. It's, <laughs> I, it's a 3D fighting game that wasn't like, it was before Tekken. It was before any of those like came to home consoles. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I'm trying to think of the first 3D game I ever remember. That's a great question. I mean, for a lot of people, it's Super Mario 64. And for those people, I feel very happy for them because yeah. they got a good polished game. But the first couple of years of the PS1 were rough. And the games were expensive, and, like, I just didn't want to play them. I would rather play a game that was a couple years old. Like, my parents would buy me two Super Nintendo games before they bought me a PS1 game because of the price. And it's, like, Intel Light Crash came out, and we had these, like, cartoony games. That were, a lot of those early PS1 games had to learn to, like, kind of be on rails. Mm-hmm. So, like, Crash was, like, narrow levels. Or even, like, the first Metal Gear Solid was, like, top-down. I was about to mention that. It's, it's yeah. very linear. Or, like, I played Tomb Raider a lot. I love Tomb Raider, but it's they tried to make it really free, and you wind up walking on a grid. Spyro did it great. Spyro actually did an excellent job. Um, But that was, I mean, that was Insomniac. They're super awesome. But that was the exception, not the rule. And Spyro was a couple years later. I think the first Spyro was like 97, I want to say. They had time to 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 get it right. Right, right. Whereas the Crash didn't have as much time. People who got an N64, they didn't get a lot of games. Right. But the games they got were good. So they got like Pilot Wings and Mario, and those were both like well-polished games. And Mm -hmm. when they got Zelda, like it was excellent. So. You know, I, we always talk about Mega Man Legends versus Zelda because I played Legends first. And it does a lot that Ocarina does, but it feels so awkward. It and does, And it looks yeah. so weird. And it's just like... The L1 and the R1. Are that, you have to get thing, used to it. This is another interesting point with like aging with gaming and like talking about social gaming. I grew up... I hold a controller with my index yeah. and my middle finger on the triggers because, first of all, I'm used to PlayStation. And also, that's how you control the camera. You know, before we had analog sticks. Right, you know, yeah. I was a PS1 gamer, not an N64 gamer, so there's no analog sticks for me. I'm sitting on the buttons and that. And so still, like, I sit like that by default. My brother and almost everybody I know who's younger, they do the index fingers and the trigger because yeah. they're used to Xbox. 
Um, so that was, I mean, that's just, if you're controlling the camera with these fingers, you're used to that. I played in 64 more than I had a PS one. And that's but different the, too. By yeah. the time I got a PS one, it was, a I I got the PS one, not just the PlayStation, you know, yeah, the small, white the version, small yeah. one. That's the one it's I got. Barely bigger than the CD that goes in it. So and it, it came with the DualShock. It did come with the DualShock. So that's all I knew. That's the first time I had dual. So analogs. one of the first games that I played that was like 3d was, um, Resident Evil, which is still not 3D. It's 3D characters on a 2D background, but it was Resident Evil 1. Um, the director's cut version came out afterwards, and that came with like a DualShock mode. And so that was one of the first games I played. That was that the director's was cut, wasn't yeah. it? And it had the DualShock support and a demo for Resident Evil 2. And I didn't have a DualShock because, like, why buy a second controller? I mean, I was an only child at the time. Like, my parents didn't want to buy yeah. a controller. So it was like, why would we bother? And I never used a DualShock until, I mean, probably 99 or later. So, like, my PlayStation experience is playing on that. It wasn't until Ape Escape that any game ever required it. That was the first one, I believe, right? Yeah, it required yeah. the analog sticks. And you had to, like, press a button to turn analog on and off because, like, if you wanted to play Crash with the analog controller, you had to turn it on. The PS2 has, still had that as well, so too. So the button, even though it didn't really do much. Yeah. Um, it was for PS1 backwards compatible. It was. But, like, that's just such a crazy concept. I mean, you talk to people about games, and it's like, yeah, I remember before we had analog sticks, like, not that long ago, like less than 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it came out about 20 years ago, but it was like, when did the N64 launch? Well, 96, but like the PlayStation one didn't have analog six till 98 with the right. Shock, so. Uh, the PlayStation one launched in 95 without, without the 94 in Japan, but without the sticks. Yeah. Okay. There was a dual analog controller that came out before the dual shock. If you want to get super technical, that was mm -hmm. early on, but it wasn't actually analog. It just had the sticks. It was still. Digital. Okay. Yeah. And it didn't shake super different. Taller sticks too. It's a really strange controller. You should look it up sometime. For for PS1. what? For PS1? Yeah, it was like longer grips, bigger sticks, and they were like analog for like flight games, but they didn't shake like the DualShock does. Was, I, I have no. It's called uh, Dual Analog, not DualShock. No, I have no clue about that whatsoever. Um. Also, you could play your PS2 games with PS1 controllers. Like I played GTA 3 because my PS2 controller kind of sucked. It was like secondhand. I played GTA 3 on a DualShock for the PS1. That's pretty. Same sick. connectors works just fine. Everything's the same. The only difference is the face buttons weren't pressure sensitive. That's whenever the backwards compatibility compatibility was just awesome. That That's was when the PlayStation 2 felt like a nicer PlayStation. Like, not only was it a DVD player, it also played your PS1 games. It was entirely backwards compatible with all your PS1 games. Yeah, huge, huge selling point. But no, it's it's crazy. We have this unified view of video games, but we also bring like such a disparate view to it like so different like quinn and i or you and i can talk about games for hours and hours on end but like we all come from like super different backgrounds yeah I, I love that like your first game you played is always really different than like everybody yeah else. my first game i ever remember playing was turtles in time on the yeah, snes excellent game uh that's really really a great one to start with too. right <laughs> yeah um the arcade version's even better uh but that was really fun we have to do sometime. We have to do a podcast about arcade games. We've never talked about it. I would love that. that would be an excellent um, one. I, I had a friend on YouTube, Gamer Thumb TV, a Fabian from Gamer Thumb TV. He did a review of a place in Orlando of a uh, arcade, and I, I commented on. It. I was like, I don't think there's an arcade within an hour of us. Not anymore. Not since the like tiny one in the mall closed. In the mall, yeah. What's the closest one to us? Probably probably st louis for like a real one honestly really um, there are some places that have a couple arcade machines but they're like just novelties there's really no place around here i would like to like take a trip and relive an I arcade was thinking experience that. we should do that um or even like dave and buster's or something it has a lot of those games. yeah yeah i haven't played an arcade game in well over a decade we'll save it because i think it'll be a really good conversation to have but like some of my games i love like tekken yeah come from the arcade experience never play a tekken experience. game oh are you going to get Tekken 7 when it comes out? Yes. Really? Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm switching my console probably for a newer version of the PS4. I do that all the time. But um, 
Tekken 7 is going to have to happen. Like, I, I'm a huge Tekken fan. I'm going to get the PS4 Pro whenever I get a, a 4K TV, which will be within within the year. Yeah, and we have oh, a 4K TV in the living room, so it makes sense for us right. to have one. So um, I was watching a uh, Injustice 2 just released today as we were recording yeah. it. Um, and they showed an Xbox One S comparison video versus the PS4 Pro. And I was watching it. was like a 480, 480p um, screen. Yeah. yeah, you know, like on YouTube. You have a 4K TV. Yeah. Do you see the difference? We don't do anything in 4K. Really? Hardly anything. Um, we watch occasionally watch 4K Blu-rays. It's not a noticeable difference. Um, what is noticeable is the performance improvements. So I played Tomb Raider Definitive uh, through twice on PS4, once in the regular mode and once on the PS4 Pro's enhanced mode. Mm-hmm. It doesn't enhance the resolution, but it doubles the frame rate. Okay. So playing it at 60 frames a second with extra screen effects looks awesome. Um, I don't really see the difference playing in 4K. I mean, you can, and it's also, I think... People underscore HDR, I think, makes a bigger difference than 4K. So high dynamic range on... You can do that even on a regular PS4. Right. Um, the way the colors pop can be huge. Like, if you play Horizon or, or Tomb Raider like that, it looks incredible. Um, we have a 4K TV, but it's not an HDR TV, so... Yeah, Horizon is the first game, I think, that really had enough time to really grasp um, all the power of, right. of what the PS4 Pro would be. And I've seen it played uh, in a Best Buy, and it was just phenomenal. Yeah, and, and those games now that are being built, like I think when Days Gone comes out, for example, you're really going to see like the power of the PS4 We have Pro. to give it a year or two for, yeah. for it you to You have to really... let them catch up. I mean, that's the thing. The Xbox One S came out with 4K support, and like no one really cared. Yeah. I mean, Gears of War Definitive Edition or whatever had some extra perks, or Gears of War Forward or whatever Four. it was. But it's like, I mean, it wasn't a selling point at that right. point. Um, they right. showed off some HD. And that's the thing. They showed off HDR effects at Best Buy one time, and I saw that on the Gears of War 4 um, trailer, and that looked really cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the resolution wasn't really so much of a factor. I mean, it was the same thing in the PS3 and 360 era. No one really noticed the 720 versus 1080 games. On the PS3 especially, like, a lot of games ran at 720, a lot yep. ran at 1080, and people just didn't really care. Yeah. I mean, it, it depended on the game, too. Like, you played Flower and Journey in 1080p, but you played Grand Theft Auto 4 a lot of times in 720. 720. And it's like... Some people never even know. Some people no. just don't care. Yeah. And so it's it's a minor thing. I mean, also, 4K is four times the resolution jump, so it's a huge difference as far as, like, crispness of the image goes but if you're watching on a 55 inch tv it's like is it really going to be noticeable i mean if you got a 70 inch system then you're going to see it a little bit more. right so. yeah i guess we'll put a pin in that and come back to that make that another topic when yeah, we both call. get 4k and ps pro tvs yeah, it'll be a good conversation for later this fall I absolutely think, especially with some of the bigger releases that should have had time to kind of gestate like so they can really push that higher absolutely well, jordan thank you for joining me yeah uh, this is the Thanks first for having me no problem this is the first video um, podcast that is going to go up on YouTube um, on my Tesla Ched channel. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for in- inviting me into your house so we can record this here. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, we started with uh, with like four people. So I'm really glad that we uh, we can make it work just as well, which is two of us. I had fun, me too. especially without Michael's sick butt oh, around here. He comes in. <laughs> I keep, Michael, you're not getting anywhere near a mic. <laughs> no Stay away from us. Yeah. All right. Jordan, thank you for joining me. Thanks for watching. Thanks,